This is episode number 24. You can't elevate yourself by putting others down with Michelle Madrid Branch. Welcome. My name is Ola Glohi, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of adoptees and foster youth who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before I introduce today's guest, I'd like to make a brief announcement and invite all of our listeners to our upcoming seminar on June 23rd in Austin, Texas. A seminar where you'll have a chance to connect with hundreds of people who are going through a similar transformation that you are. A seminar where you'll hear from speakers from all over the country, including Jim Bricker, Anne Heffron, Leslie Johnson, Adele Harris, Joshua Banks, Peter Stropel, and myself included. For more information, please go to overcomingodds.today forward slash hear me now. Now, let's get back to our guests. It was devastating. She said, I thought if other people heard it or if they knew about my early story, then they would see me as less able to do the job that I was doing. Somehow scared, less desirable to hire. A set of feelings that were difficult to escape. So she hid it for as long as possible. Until one day a breaking news story developed. Without further ado, please welcome Michelle Madrid Branch. Michelle, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with us and your experience. And what I would like you to do is start off our episode a little bit different from what we have in the past. And that is, I would like to ask you a question. And that question being, what is something that you've recently Googled that's telling about yourself? What a great story. Um, I mean, what a great question. Um, what have I recently Googled that is telling about myself? I think I recently Googled um, just some, some thoughts, some comfort, some wisdom on resiliency um, and sort of, you know, where does that come from and how does one... Um, how does one become resilient? Is that something that's just sort of innate within us? Is that something that we um, um, make to lie dormant at some point in our life when life seems to beat us up a little bit too much and we feel <laughs> that we can't get up, right? Mm -hmm. When we feel confused and we're stuck in that place of asking why. So I think resiliency, to be honest with you, is always something that I am keen on going deeper about and learning more about because I think it's just so absolutely essential in everyone's life, whether you're adopted or not, whether you are inside the adoption foster community or not, because, you know, life's going to always throw something at you. And um, I think, you know, understanding um, the difference between sitting in a struggle and standing up and walking out of that struggle, mm. learning, learning from that struggle, but moving onward is something I'm always, um, wanting to learn more about. So yeah, that probably is something I've mo uh, most recently Googled. <laughs> I love that topic because that's 
something that I've actually been exploring myself and trying to figure out, well, what is it that makes me different? What is it that makes you different? What is it that makes a lot of these, uh, honestly, everyone on this planet different? And when I came across your podcast, which is the the Greater Than podcast, which I get focuses on the strength and resilience of the human spirit, the first question that popped in my mind was, what does it mean to be resilient in your eyes? Mm. Uh, you know, I think that it has to do resiliency with an understanding that no matter what happens in your life, you are more than any moment of your life. You know, there is no challenge, and I truly believe this, there is no challenge that you cannot face and overcome, period. Um, the events of our lives don't control our lives. And, and I thought they did for a long time in my own personal life. I thought the events of my life, of my early life, controlled my life and the outcome of my life. But, you know, they don't. The events of our lives don't control our lives. Our decisions, mm. I believe, are what control our lives. So it's a decision whether to get up or a decision whether to stay down. Mm -hmm. And so I think you become resilient when you make the decision to rise. And, you know, we rise honestly over and over again because life will always present its challenge. So it's I think it's in the decisions um, that we make um, equate absolutely to the resiliency that we possess. We have to make the decision to get up. We have to make the, make the decision to move forward to keep moving, to keep going. So honestly, I believe decisions control our lives, certainly not the events, what happens to us. Mm -hmm. I know that in most ca in my case in particular, you know, I'm, I'm at a point right now where I'm, I am able to make some of those decisions on my own. But based on your experience, is there anything or anyone that has helped you in making some of those decisions? Mm. Oh, certainly. I mean, the angels along the way, right? You know, um, I would say truly, I mean, you know, I used to, I used to hide from my story. I'll be quite honest with you. I, I used to hide from my story because I thought that being adopted, being in foster care, you know, the, an international adoptee, I thought it was somehow my weakness. I, you know, I was I was born tagged as an unwanted child, and I was secreted away into foster care in the United Kingdom, and and I was labeled as difficult to place, um, because of the story of my bio parents, and also just because of my darker coloring, quite frankly, and I have specific quotes from my foster records that are glaring judgments made by social workers about my skin tone and my coloring at the time. So I felt, for a long time, ashamed and weakened, and I saw myself as imperfect, not in the way that we hear imperfection talked about today, where we hear, you know, imper we, imperfection is, you know, is a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I believed at the time that being imperfect, you know, imperfect people, imperfect things would get sent back or get sent away. And so I wanted to be perfect because that equals safe in my young mind. And so when I was adopted by Americans, I really carried with me that fear of them sending me back at some point as if like I would always have to hide the fact that I was somehow broken. Mm -hmm. And if they really, if they really saw that, then they would be disappointed and they would certainly send me out or send me away. So I think overcoming that fear has been a journey for me. And I have been coached by some great um, people like Tony Robbins um, mm -hmm. um, who have learned so much from 
Um, and I think that, you know, courage to finally share my imperfect story has come from listening to, to folks like Tony Robbins and, and to, to arriving at the realization that there might be someone out in the world who needed my story, like right now, someone who's hungry for my story. So when we're going through a challenge or a pain, a trauma, disappointment, a loss, whatever it is, it's easy, so easy to feel isolated and alone within the experience. But when we share our stories, and I think this gets back to what you were talking to me about earlier, the ability to be vulnerable and transparent and share the truth of our stories, like I like to say, scars, flaws, and all, we free ourselves from isolation and we help someone else to do the same. So mm. it's an extending of the heart and I think of the hand to say you're not alone. And so from people who have been through hard times, I've learned from I've watched, you know, my own parents and, and, and their struggles. Both of my parents are no longer with us on this earth, but my adoptive father was an alcoholic. And so I was adopted into a family. I came in with my own feelings of brokenness, but I also watched the brokenness of my father, my adoptive father, as I grew and the struggles of that and, and learning that we're all broken here on this planet. This mm -hmm. life does not come without its challenge. We're all going to get bruised, right? Mm -hmm. So seeing in one another, I think the ability just, just to say, you know, we're all innocent. I think Tony Robbins teaches that, you know, we're all innocent. And boy, does that really put you um, into some deep thought on, on seeing each other as innocent, no matter no matter what that person may have done to you or are not, you know, did they show up in your life in a way that was supportive? Did they not? Whatever it may be that you're struggling with, if you can see the brokenness in a person and your heart can open up for that person and you can see them as innocent, I think then we really, um, I think, are able to ex expand and extend our humanity in um, profound ways. So I always give a shout out to people like, uh, Tony Robbins, who are they're out there doing the work, and other life coaches that I have I have worked with, and also I think you know just the ability to um, be open and um, the ability to listen to other people and their stories and to learn from that. Hmm. You bring up a lot of very interesting points within that. One of them being the fact that um, just embracing your story and embracing your differences. One of the first experiences when I truly understood this was. Actually, when we are we're, we were in the process of reaching out to other adoptees and people who have been part of foster care and um, asking them if they would be interested in being a part of what we were doing. And their involvement at the time was um, sh to share their experience of going through the system. And we had um, an event that happened during it, which was a very interesting learning experience. And that was a person shared their story. And then later on, they contacted us and they, they asked us if we would be willing to remove it because they were in the process of looking for a job and they thought that that story and that raw information about who they were could impact the decision-making of the employer. Mm. And so when, when I came across that, I thought it was very interesting what you just said because you're you weren't in the same exact position, but in the way you were, where you didn't feel comfortable with telling your story and who you truly were. And then you came to that moment of realization saying, well, it is me at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. It is my story to live. Mm 
and to further develop. And that's, um, I think, the biggest piece of advice that I could give to people is that if you have the the beginning of your story, then it's time to focus on the middle section. It's not time to go back and rewrite the beginning, which you already have. Exactly. And the wealth of that beginning, no matter how hard it may have been, you know, and and my heart goes out to that person that you were just uh, uh, talking about because I was in television news for, for years. And, you know, I, I was in that career. I was good at it. I thought it was what I was here to do. I wanted that Emmy award, you know, and I hid the entire time for the most part, my story of adoption, because I thought if other person, if other people heard it or if they knew about my early story, then they would see me as, I don't know, less um, um, able to do the job that I was doing somehow, scarred, less desirable to hire, if you will. And so I ran from that story. And it wasn't until I started reading stories on the air about it, you know, I, I read a story one time, it was breaking news, I was on the news desk reading this story coming down on the prompter about um, a, a homicide that had happened in the early morning hours. Mm-hmm. And that the suspect was the, and it came down on the prompter, the adopted son of this couple. And it said the adopted son, like over and over again, and I was reading it. And in my mind, I'm like, Oh my gosh, what does that have to do with what just happened? And and I I started it, it it all started I felt like inside of me it was unraveling because I felt like I'm not even being true to who I am. Mm. That hurts me as an adopted person because I don't know if that had anything to do with 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 the situation in that in that home, but the way it was being presented it made it sound like, oh well, of course. Right. Oh, well, of course, mm-hmm. it's the adopted child. He's oh, he's just he's the adopted child. And so I started doing some real um, deep, real raw examination of myself. And all I I say that only because we cannot run from the truth of who we are. And I did eventually leave television news when I when I got married and started a family. And what I found, um, it's not because I left news, but it's because I started finally getting it that I I was not to be ashamed of my story, that that story was my power. It wasn't my weakness. And and when I stepped into that truth of who I really am, the broken parts of me, here I am world, I'm here to help, I'm here to lift another person up, adoptee or not, who may feel isolated, broken, unseen, unheard, that's when for me, my person, my purpose, my calling really started to take off. And and the other thing I would say, if someone can't see you and value you for the hard things you've been through, then you might not um, want to have that person in your life. You want, you might want to bless them and move on, mm-hmm. you know, never, never holding anger um, or bitterness, but bless them and move on. Be who you are, stand in the truth of who you are, because that is one of a kind treasure in this world. And we need to hear about it. We need to know you. And so I just urge anyone listening to don't stray away from, don't hide from the truth. Don't, be ashamed of the broken pieces because we all have them. But when we pick those pieces up and we look at them, we begin to see the glimmers of purpose and calling and why we're really here and what we can really do to lift this world up out out of um, what I think is kind of a dark place right now. <laughs> Absolutely. I've also learned that with something like this, the truth will always find you. 
no matter how yeah. hard, how much you want to hide from it. I think at the end of the day, it will always find you. Yeah, like, it found me on the anchor desk that in, in that morning. You know, I was like literally reading the words coming down and in my mind having a whole different dialogue of, oh my gosh, Michelle, <laughs> what are you doing? You're hiding from your truth, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I think it also enhances the relationships, just like you said, tremendously, because what I've experienced in today's world is that oftentimes we're prone to have these um, surface level discussions. And especially when you have, uh, you know, a, a purpose driven cause or a business or whatever it is, you're we're kind of it's been the norm to go into a lot of these um networking groups and meetings and just have it be about, okay, this is what I do. This is what you do. How can we help each business? And mm -hmm. there's really little time spent in trying to understand who are you as a person, you know, your, your business and the things that you're doing right now, the, the blogs and all this stuff, they're just aspects. They're expressions of who you are. It's mm -hmm. that's what they are. They don't define exactly who it is that, this person is trying to show. It's just different um, ways that you're trying to show it. So I think it's important to take the time and to really understand the person. And just like you said, figure out their strengths, figure out their weaknesses, figure out their background, of where are they coming from? Mm, yeah, and I love, I love the word that you use, expressions. I actually use that word too, because I used to look at my life like it was in sections or categories. And I realized that the things that I do and the way that I'm here to serve in this life, they're expressions of who I am and the ability to know who I am is such a, such an incredible process. And it's such a gift, you know, mm -hmm. to really, to really know who you are. And I think there's a question there that, you know, you, so if someone says to me, well, what do you do? And I, I might answer, well, um, I write books and I speak on behalf of the adoption and foster community and I write blogs and what have you. But then if you go deeper and say, what do you really do? So mm -hmm. there's, what do you do? What do you really do? And what I really do is I help people heal. That's what I really do. That's, that's really what jazzes me when I wake up in the morning is who can I help, you know, along their healing path today? I want to help people heal. I want to help people rise. I want to help people overcome. And so that's really what I do. And I think it can even be, you know, who are you and who are you really? Mm. And to really be able to answer the question, you know, who I am really at the very core and essence of me, this is who I am. And that you're talking, that's what you're talking about. I think when you say expression, that's mm -hmm. beautiful. Be able to express that to the world is a gift that we're all longing for in ourselves and in each other, I think. What other questions can you ask yourself in finding who it is that you truly are? Mm. Um, well, I think, you know, well, what do I want? What do I really want? You know, what, what, what makes me happy? I mean, what, and also what, what does happiness mean to me? You know, mm -hmm. do I believe that it even exists? What makes me happy? What really makes me happy? I think if you ask a question and then ask it again and add really to it, it takes you to a whole other different level. And I do that a lot. You know, I do that on, on weekly, if not daily. I will, I will sit in front of my computer screen. If I'm writing a blog, well, what, what is this blog about? What do, I, what do I want to express here? What do I really want to express? Because you know, and it's my belief, that your soul knows. And often, too often, too often, we just silence the soul. 
you ask really, if you put really into the question, I think you really start to dialogue with the soul and you can hear the whisperings of the very essence of who, who you are and the expression of who you are and, and the sort of footprint you want to leave on this earth. Absolutely. I couldn't agree, agree with you more. I think when you do ask a question like that, it also helps you break away from what the society wants you to be and the job you may have today, which may not relate to who you truly are, but it's just yes. kind of like a, a means to get to another point within your mm -hmm. life. So yeah. I, I, I love that question. I, I think it's an important one to ask on a daily basis, no matter Absolutely. what it is that you're doing. Absolutely. The really, the really of, of anything is, is you can start getting to the core of everything. Mm-hmm. I want to transition actually to your work and part of your mission statement is an advocate for women and children. And the question that I have for that is, what does it mean to be an advocate? Well, I think the basic definition of advocate is someone who supports a cause. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I guess that you know, that would make me an adoption advocate, a foster care advocate, because I do support the cause. But for me, I think it's more than the quote cause, because I think there are people within the cause. There are lives within the cause. There are experiences, there are emotions, there are stories within, you know, the cause. And, and that's what I'm focused on. That's what I'm focused on getting at. I think there's a lot of work to be done in the way of adoption and foster care policy and practice, both internationally and domestically. Um, but, you know, where I feel uniquely qualified to focus my advocacy work is in the area of assisting adoptees and their families, both bio and adoptive on either side, to overcome the struggles and to learn to share with transparency and authenticity their emotions and their perspectives. I think to respect mm -hmm. differing opinions, and I think you noted that um, earlier, you know, respecting differing opinions that we hold within this very diverse community. Um, I think that's essential. And I want to help uh, people understand who we are as an adoption and foster community. I work to help people understand what it is like to live within the skin of adoption and our foster care. And so mm -hmm. we've, we've got to learn how to really see and hear one another within the community, but we have to learn how to live adoption out loud and no longer in the shadows. And so are there, you know, are there limits to this advocacy work? Um, I guess, sure, you know, there are limits. If I look at being an advocate, I, I, I would never do anything to jeopardize my family or my faith, and I would never advocate on behalf of something that I don't feel to my core is the re very reason that I'm here on this earth. So I think what does it mean to be an advocate for me is um, truly that I'm living my purpose, that everything that has happened to me um, uh, up until this point, right, mm -hmm. where I'm sitting talking with you today, everything has uniquely qualified me for this work to rise up every morning to get out of bed and be passionate to serve in this way. And so I think with advocacy, you've got to have that burning passion within for mm -hmm. sure. I love that you say that because I've just like you said before, I've looked at advocacy and I, I've looked at all the definitions given, but I've always felt it's slightly, it's different. There's, there's yeah. more to it than what it truly means. And so 
when you answer the question, well, are there actual limits to that? I think that's an important point to note for people that are trying to be advocates for certain causes or whatever it is that they are passionate about in life because it truly does take a lot more than saying, hey, you know, I will share a post once a month or I, I will do something something else once once a year. I think if you're passionate about and driven about something, you have to dedicate the time and energy just like you do for anything else within your agenda. Absolutely. And I think you have to identify, you know, also, you know, what is wealth? You know, like I answer questions and I'm sure you do the same that come through various channels of social media or what have you with people reaching out and they need help. They mm -hmm. need an answer and they're hurting. And so, you know, wealth for me is the ability to sit down and take a moment, maybe five, 10 minutes or what have you, and, and, and answer um, a, a question that is posed from someone I've never even met and to feel empathy for what they're going through and to know that it's important to stop and, and answer and be there for that person um, and respond. And so, you know, for me, that's, that's such wealth to know that um, somehow, some way I've, I've, I've stepped into this role where people find um, me to be hopefully approachable and caring and empathetic Mm -hmm. And that I will, that I will answer their questions. So yes, what you're saying is advocacy. I just, I think it's just the way I, it's like the air that I breathe. This work that I do is with me all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think it's a part of who I am, not something that I just do once in a while. I really feel it in my, my DNA, my cells, you know, my cellular structure. <laughs> it's, it's everything. This, this work is, is so important to me. Another term that I would like to discuss that's also part of your work is empowerment. That is something that we've begun to do through um, sharing different people's stories and having people like yourself or guests on our podcast to empower others through these experiences because I'm a firm believer that that's really one of the only ways that we can grow and progress in this world and that is through people's experiences because we only have so much time and so much energy by ourselves to try and figure some of these things out. So I think it's important to lean on other people and use them as knowledge and respect mm -hmm. everyone's opinion and understand that every single person on this planet, I truly believe can add value and is, mm -hmm. and is worth whatever it is that they're positioning themselves to be. So within that, could you tell us a little bit about what it means when it comes to empowerment? Oh, I, you know, what you just said was so eloquent and beautiful. Um, I, yeah, I think it goes back to the truth. And, and for me, not just a belief. I believe it is absolute truth that we are all here for, um, for a purpose, that we have a unique and individual calling that we have, that, that, that has been given to us, my belief, before we were, we even arrived on this planet. Um, and, and certainly, you know, like I said earlier, things happen, life happens, and maybe we're placed into foster care, maybe we um, are adopted, maybe our parents divorce, maybe we have a parent who struggles with an addiction, maybe we grow up and lose our job, maybe 
our spouse or partner decides to leave. Maybe we're facing a health issue. So these things in life that will happen to each of us, I I think it's the reminder as far as empowering another person Mm. is to help another person awaken to the power that they possess within them that's already there, but that maybe they've forgotten because of what's been happening to them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that it is a beautiful thing to remind another human being of the power that they possess and to sit again, to sit and listen to their story and the broken parts of their 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 life experience and to help them see the power in that, right? Because mm-hmm. there's there's, there's truly gift in everything. And you might say, gosh, Michelle, I'm going through something really hard and it doesn't feel like a gift right now. But when we can, when we can exchange our expectations of what, what we think life is supposed to be, right? And we mm-hmm. can exchange that for appreciation of what we have around us and we can help each other to and remind each other to do the same. Then I think we begin to uh, plant the seeds of, of I think of of an empowering life, empowering living, where we're reminding each other of what truly, truly, truly matters most. Um, You know, and I think it's being conscious of that, you know, of consciousness is, is so incredible of understanding that it's, I'm not, it's not about me. I'm not, it's, you know, my life is just not about me. Of course I have to take care of myself and, you know, eat the right things and exercise and, and make sure that I, I am living a life that is filled with joy and I see the miracle in everything. And so part of that is taking moments to, to meditate, to look around, to be in nature, Mm -hmm. to, to pray. But I think it's really understanding that we're here for each other. And that's yep. an empowering thing. I think right there for me is, is there's an empowering, um, just, I, I feel it in my body that we're here for each other. And our job is to help each other rise and to empower each other onward to a greater way of being and living. That's amazing. Now, I kind of completely agree with you with everything you just said, because I've always believed that at the end of the day, we're, we are here for each other and everything yeah. that everything that we do, we're always doing it for someone. We're doing it for someone else. Yes, we are helping ourselves throughout this process by helping us gain certain experiences. But at the end of the day, all of those things are for other people, for the Mm. well-being of of everyone else on this planet. Yes. Yes. Final thought for today's episode, and that is when the odds are completely against you, what are some core fundamental principles – that you always refer to? Ah, uh, well, okay. So I think um, that I try not to go to that survival mode. You know, when the odds are up against me, you know, we tend, or I tend, I think we all do, we go to that fight or flight response that mm-hmm. probably served us when we were running from the dinosaurs. But today, <laughs> You know, I think they call it the sympathetic nervous system. And it keeps us hyped up, stressed, and focused on our own survival, right? And I can just feel the tension in my body even when I say that. So when the odds are against me, I what I try to do is I try to move from the mind and into a place of essence. And I think of it as, you know, again, there's sympathetic and then there's parasympathetic nervous system. And parasympathetic, parasympathetic is where 
rest lives and breathes, you know, just, ah, rest. Mm -hmm. I get a whole different sensation in my body when I say rest. And I think that's, you know, when we begin to see that this life is far more, as we were just saying, far more than being self-focused, I don't have to do the daily dinosaur run, right, anymore. We can go um, to a place of quiet rest, open our hearts and our spirits to hearing the voice of something bigger than who we are and to receive direction. So I think that's key. When the odds are against me, I need I need a higher direction. <laughs> and I, I'm going to sit, and it sounds counter, right, because mm -hmm. we want to fight. But I know that change, and, and I know this because I've experienced it in my life, and it's the it's 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 been transformative. Transformative change begins within. So there's strength in silence. Instead of fighting, I want to access the the inner power that awaits me. So you know, it gets back to serving one another. You know, being the juice of life, the real sweet, nutrient-rich, thirst-quenching nectar. You mm -hmm. know, so when I feel that I'm up against an odd. I just want to silence myself. I want to drink of a sweeter nectar than what the world may be showing me um, or what I may be facing at that moment. And I need to quiet myself and I need to go inside and access the power that is there. Otherwise, I'm just running from the dinosaur and I'm and I'm not being effective. Back and I survival. ran from, That's right. I'm back to survival. And I and I did that for a long time. And and I can tell you, I don't think ultimately it served me. It didn't serve me in expressing who I really am and why I'm really here. And so I urge anyone, you know, when you're in that crazy eight cycle and you feel like the world is up against you and you're putting on the boxing gloves and you're tense, take, take the gloves off and be kinder to yourself. Find a quiet space, take a breath and, you know, access a beautiful, beautiful power that's, that is inside of you that you don't need to fight. You don't need to fight the truth of who you are. You don't need to fight it. You know, mm -hmm. step into it. And 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 I think when you're in that space, you again, you begin to see um, glimmers of a gift that do await you there. And I think you begin to to feel the strength and the ability to rise up. So you know. I'd say leave the mind, access your essence, open your heart, be still, real, listen, and don't resist the call to step outside of yourself and help someone else. Even, let me tell you, even when it seems everything is up against you and the world is not being friendly to you, if you step outside and find someone to help, it, it, it is amazing what that can do, the clarity that it can bring to your own situation, whatever mm -hmm. you may be facing. When you extend yourself and you go beyond self, even in moments where it feels like all you can do is just be in that survival mode. But when you go outside of that, a lot of times I think clarity comes and real direction comes from that. It's, it's really a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Reflection, I think, is an important aspect within all of this to find mm -hmm. that clarity with, within whatever it is you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Clarity is, is absolutely key. And we can't have clarity when we're in the hurricane and life, you know, seems to be blowing all around us and we're running from the storm. You know, it takes courage to stand and say, I'm going to be still, even though the storm is swirling all around me. I'm going to be still and I'm going to trust in the wisdom that I possess. You know, it's that quote, all I need is within me now. Mm. 
I believe that. All you need is within you now. Mm-hmm. You, you have to trust it and you have to believe in yourself. You know, you, you do. And what anyone has done outside of you has nothing to do with who you are. It just happened, right? It just mm-hmm. happened. But it doesn't define you. Like I said earlier, it doesn't define you. You define you. You define you. So ask, who am I really? Who, you know, what really do I want to do in this life? What have these things really taught me? And go deep and rise up. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our weekly newsletter so you can receive all of our latest episodes along with featured stand-up and speak-up stories and ways you can be involved with Overcoming Odds. Once again, thank you for listening, and we look forward to having you next week.